There goes that rooster again. Welcome to Chicken Space. This is the fourth edition. Happy to uh, be with you today. And mainly today, I want to talk about peace. I want to share with you some experiences with some people who called me based on the first couple of podcasts. And I want to share with you uh, this method of ice, which uh, I had used with these people in the past. And then again, during these conversations, um, as a way of removing the stored upsets of our lives so the space of peace can expand um, in our daily living. All right, welcome. Chicken space. Here we are collecting eggs, and uh, these chickens, they're kind of bragging. I don't know how peaceful exactly they're sounding, but I wanted to talk about and share about and hope to pass along some peace today. Uh, I was actually listening to... Uh, the last podcast that I created that Kent put together, so thankful for that. There's wonderful music that he adds to it. And it just, there was a sense of peacefulness to it. And uh, to be honest, people, when they listen to me, when I'm giving them a session or something like that, typically they'll say, Lars, your voice is so peaceful. It's almost hypnotic. And uh, I have a hypnotist therapist friend, and he said, Lars, you, you have a hypnotic voice. You are like hypnotizing people. And I said, is that a bad thing? No. He said, it's just a, a way of paying attention. A way of paying attention. It's calm. And uh, so when I was listening to the last podcast that Kent put together and seeing all the work you've done on it, I got that calm feeling. And it was really a blessing. And um, so here I am picking up these eggs. And then uh, since... Since uh, putting out the first couple of podcasts, I've gotten some different people, uh, people that I've worked with in the past who were writing and saying thanks for sharing the podcast, and they're listening to them, and ended up having a couple of phone calls with some of those people, and uh, started doing the ice method again with them, and, and uh, helping them to restore peace uh, in certain areas of their life where they were feeling upset. It seemed like a good thing to visit about uh, this morning. So I'll finish up these this egg collecting here, and then I'll uh, restart this because you guys aren't really sounding very peaceful right now, are you? Or maybe you just want to talk to everybody. Actually, it's one of the things that I enjoy sharing. Maybe I'll just let it keep going. It is one of the things that I enjoy uh, sharing this farm is that for me, it's, it's such a peaceful experience. Just to be in the midst of all these animals doing what these animals do, these chickens, the dogs, the cats. We've got a couple of these cats. We have five of them, and we got them for mousers, and they're doing a great job. But when we arrive in the truck in the morning, they usually come out, and at least one of them, especially Charlotte, but also Ocho and a couple of the others, they just, uh, they just roll over, and they'll lay there with their tummies up in the air just waiting for us to come over and rub them and say hello in the morning and... Um, I feel really grateful to be in the midst of that and to be able to share from this place. And uh, I know there's lots of people who are living in cities who come and visit here or who want to come and visit here and who just just find um, being outside of that pace is such a relaxing thing. So maybe, maybe the sound of you chickens to everybody is a very relaxing thing. I hope it is. One of the friends who uh, contacted me, uh, or actually we visit regularly, he said, well, I listened to your 
podcast. He said, uh, but I could only listen to half of it. And he said, I had set aside time on the day. I make a list of things I'm going to do every day. And I'd set aside time. And so I turned on the podcast and uh, I could only listen to about half of it. And then and I just had to turn it off and get on with the rest of my day. And I said, oh, okay, well, that's, that's good feedback. And I don't know much about podcasting. And I was thinking about what my kid, friend Kent had been saying about it and the little I've looked up and read now. And I said, you know, maybe, maybe that's not the way people listen to podcasts. Maybe it's not about um, taking, you know, time out of our lives, out of the schedule or scheduling it in and listening to it on a schedule. It seems like maybe podcasts are the thing that people turn on when they got nothing else they can do and can choose between like listening to some music or listening to some content. And so it's not about like how much time it takes because it's just time that's there anyway when we're when we're out weeding the garden or driving in traffic getting home or something like that. So he said, well, I'll try, I'll try to listen to it that way next time. And then there was this other friend of mine, he, uh, he contacted me and we haven't been in touch for a couple of years and he said, thanks for that podcast. And, and I called him up and we were visiting and he said, yeah, I listened to the whole thing. He has a small farm and he's had cattle out there and done a lot of great things, carpenter guy. And he said, I was, I was out cutting down a willow that had blown over in the wind, a big willow with a, just a handsaw. And he said, it's great to listen to it during that time. It's kind of like, yep, maybe, maybe that's the intention of a podcast. Is, that it's something to accompany us in those times uh, during the day that we don't have scheduled. So, got my cat, Eddie, who just jumped up in my lap here. Finished collecting those eggs, put them over, sitting down in this green plastic Adirondack chair for a little bit, and get started on this talk about peace. So this guy who was cutting down the willow tree, uh, he said he said to me, he reminded me that we had uh, done some ice work when he first published his first book, and uh, he had just happened to come over and visit from pretty far away, and. Uh, we weren't planning on, on doing this work, but he was talking about how he had been invited to, to do a public reading of his book, and he was incredibly nervous about doing that. And he said a couple other times that he'd done stuff in public, he'd just been, um, just been so nervous that it had been very distracting to him, and he felt to those uh, people who were, who were listening. And so we used the ICE method on that, and actually memory reconsolidated uh, some of the upsets around being in front of the public and speaking to the public. And uh, the only reason I'm mentioning that is because uh, he said, you know, I've, I've probably done over a hundred public presentations and now I'm singing in public. And he says, um, he says, it's calm for me. So it was a gratitude for him of the work we'd done together. And for me, it was a, a nice uh, remembrance of some work we'd done and then hearing um, about the ongoing benefits that it provided. Uh, and then as we, we talked, he's a very politically active person and, and he's writing about these times that we're in and he's um, wishing that we had a different president and he's publicly writing about that and staying very involved with the issues. And he said, you know, that part's okay, but in, in a few weeks, we're, we're headed to a family reunion. So he's seven, he's going to his mom's uh, a birthday, actually. 
So she's somewhere in her 90s, and they're having a family reunion get-together. And he said, you know, myself and, and a couple of my siblings, we're like sitting on this side of the political situation. He said, but, but uh, one of my siblings, uh, she said, he said, she's got like the most kids and grandkids. And, and uh, they are completely on the other side of the political spectrum. And he said, you know, I'm concerned about the, the national politics, but he said, I'm also, also concerned because uh, my, my daughter, my lesbian daughter, married uh, recently. And uh, I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle uh, any bad comments about, uh, about that wedding um, from them without you know, going off into a angry, upset rage myself. And so I said, uh, so I said, you know, we, we could do some ice on that. Like, like we did uh, back with your speaking in public, I said, but, but the question is whether, whether you want to have that rage when you're there or, or you want to be calm. And he kind of laughed and said, you know, that's a really good question. Part of me wants to have that rage. He said, but really, I would rather, I'd rather be calm. And so uh, I said, well, let's give it a couple minutes. And I'll share that with you here because like this, you know, my friend who wanted content and not so much rambling on, the one who would set aside time to watch the show, it's like, well, here's the content piece is that you can actually remove the pieces of a situation that are causing you an upset so that you can be in the middle of that situation in peace. I actually did that just this morning. I was on the way up here. I told you, listening to this, uh, the cut of the podcast that Kenneth put together, feeling really peaceful, and then um, started to feed the chickens. I let the dogs out for play a little bit. We've had troubles with them running off. I got distracted, and off they ran again. And uh, for me, that's a bummer because there's some other dogs over nearby, and they don't get along too well. If the dogs go over that way, it's a bit of a problem. And I realized, oh, my gosh, you know, I can, I can let my attention be in that upset. The dogs are gone. Or I can pay attention in a way that, yes, the dogs are gone, but I can still be aware of the space. I can still be aware of this, of this peace. I can still come from a place of peace. Whatever happens, happens. But I can be in it from a place of peace. And that was what this friend wanted for going to the family reunion. And so process for doing this, which, uh, you know, if you want the content like my other friend did, you can read um, the books that I've written about memory reconsolidation, about the ICE method. The one is called Memory Reconsolidation Slide, and then the next one, which takes a more spiritual approach, uh, called The River of Life. So um, I asked him, I said, just let yourself pay attention. Imagine being there at this family reunion that you're going to go to in a couple of weeks. Let yourself be in the imagination of that and you're going to feel the emotion of it. And while it could be any emotion, almost always an upset emotion is either anger or fear or sadness or some, some relationship to that. And so I just asked him to pay attention and see what he felt. And what he felt was anger. Anger that these, you know, these people could, 
could think these kinds of ways about his daughter, think these kinds of ways about other people and about politics and stuff like that. And I asked him where he felt it. And, uh, I can't even remember right now where to say, but typically stomach, shoulder, hips, jaw, all different kinds of places. You get a headache, skin can itch, you can get hot, you can get cold, all those different things can happen. And so I said, great. You just did the first part. You activated the, the neurochemistry, the neural wiring that's going on that stored this upset. And for a period now of um, four to six hours of time, if you, do, if you do a process in the middle, well, if you don't do anything, then, then this upset that you activated <clears throat> will store back down in the same way because nothing has been done to interfere with it. In the laboratories, they interfere with it with an injection of drugs, but your awareness actually creates changes in the chemistry of your body. You know that, right? Whether you're calm, there's a certain chemistry that's going on, you feel that calm. Or if you get upset and go into fight, flight, freeze, and your cortisol levels all start popping off the charts, that's a different chemistry. So the second part of ICE, the letter C, is calm. It's to go and create a different chemistry in your body, a different attention that can be used so that the upset is transformed. And there's so many different ways to get to calm, but the way that I use with people when I start out, the way that we used together those years ago uh, when we were working on his uh, performance anxiety, is just to look at a point. When we're in the middle of an upset, we often don't think we have any other option than to react to it. And if he'd gone to, uh, to his family reunion in that state of upset, he would have been reacting or fighting a reaction of anger that he'd identified. Either succumbing to it and himself having a, a response out of anger or else resisting it with lots of energy to resist it. So shift your attention. Look at a point. Uh, I mean, if you want to do this for yourself or something, just go ahead and I guess you can just stop this for a moment and identify something that's an upset for you. And you could do it too and get something out of it, just like my friend did when we did it together on the phone. So with whatever you've identified, look at a point. And I'm fortunate here in this farm, so many beautiful places to look. If you're indoors, you can choose the corner of a picture frame or a wall or anything. Paper clip on it. On the desk, I'm looking at the top of a ponderosa pine. And just let your attention be on that. Wherever your attention is, your body supports that. Right? So if there's a tiger running at you, your body supports you running away from it. If you're looking at the top of a ponderosa pine tree, putting your attention there, it's very simple. And so your body, not having much to do to support you, Actually, the chemistry simplifies. Go ahead now and choose a second point and look at that point. I'm choosing the top of another pine tree. And putting your attention on this it seems so trivial, but it's so significant where we put our attention. It's one of the most important choices we make in our life. And a lot of times we think we have no choice. My friend here in this situation 
is feeling like he doesn't really have a choice about this. He's made his his commitments about politics and uh, and the other family has, and so really there's no choice here. It's restricted. It's it's going to be this clash of different emotions and different perspectives. But right now, or right then, on the phone, it's like look at that point. At the time we were talking, he was out on a walk. He said. I can just look at the trees on one side and the other side, like I'm describing to you. I said, okay. And then the next piece is to look at the space between the two points that you picked for me between the trees behind it's a mountain. But you can imagine that there's a space that has nothing in it between your two points. If it's a doorknob in the corner of a window, imagine the space, the ball of space. So now you're looking at nothing. And if you do this incredibly valuable thing of putting your attention on nothing for a moment, you feel your body relax. Almost everybody. There's a sense, a different sense of how the body feels compared to the stress state. And so you let yourself feel that calm and when you're responding to nothing there's nothing to respond to stress is a response to something since you're responding to nothing your stress response turns off and there you are in a state of quiet and rest and restoration over a thousand different chemical reactions happen for my friend for you too and for me too if you're doing this right now in that moment between noticing his upset about the coming family reunion compared to being in the awareness of the space between the trees on both sides of the road that he was walking along and then his vision opening up to the sky and the space between him and the heavens. Over a thousand different chemical reactions happened in that instant. To reconsolidate a memory, for it to store again, um, the body takes care of that. We are now doing an intentional process of giving that memory a different emotional content to store with. And so all you have to do actually is go from this calm state back to the old upset. Go back and check that original upset. And so my friend went back and considered imagined himself to be at the reunion. He imagined his friends or his family members, sorry, saying the most horrible things about his daughter and about politics and the state of the world. And he says it doesn't it doesn't have the same edge to it anymore. It feels more calm. And so I said, okay, so now what there is to do, what there is to do is to like, look for whatever's not calm. It's great that you're feeling less of a charge. And so he did, and he came up with something else. And this time, the emotion around it was sadness. And I asked him where he felt it, and he said it was just a heavy feeling all over his body. He activated the same way before. He activated the, the upset that was stored around on this future event of the family reunion. And then this next time now, something else 
was activated because the other thing, the anger, had been replaced. So he identified something new, and then we did the exact same process. Once you enter into the upset, then you need to step out of it. Top of one pine tree, top of the next pine tree, let yourself observe the space between. When you're in that awareness, a thousand different chemical reactions take place. You're in a state of restoration, a state of calm, stress response is turned off. And now you bring that back to the upset and see what you notice next. And uh, this can go for as many rounds as it takes. As many times as you notice something that's upset, you really explore for it. Every time you find something that's upset, you can reconsolidate it, bring it to a permanent calm. The memory actually um, glues back down. It restores with calm in it instead of the previous upset emotion. So this time after coming back to the sadness, he said, I feel peaceful. He says, he says, in fact, I think I'm going to be kind of disappointed if they don't get reactive. He said, because I already am imagining looking at, at my mother's china cabinet and choosing one piece of china in there and then the other and then the space between while they're talking around the dinner table and being in this non-reactive space. Well, that's a remarkable change in attitude from this fear of what might happen in uh, you know, a family reunion breaking up and upset and reactivity, the anger around that, the sadness around that, the fear of what might happen, compared to being calm and peaceful and actually, um, wow, that could be an experience to do more of this calming in my life. So that seemed worth sharing, this experience of peace. And the other day we had a guest come and visit. Um, they found us on the farm and hadn't seen us for a few years. And just showed up because they were passing through. And uh, had a great visit. Frank came over for dinner. And the only thing marring the whole trip that we were on, they weren't doing on the trip, was that uh, the, the side of our car got swiped by a, by a truck. Um, and then over dinner, I was, I was, he said, you know, I haven't been eating the last three days. Um, we had a great trip, but the anxiety of talking to the insurance companies and getting all of this stuff figured out says I just I haven't been able to eat. I lost my appetite. And so I said to him, you know, do you want to spend a couple of minutes so you can eat again? And he said, kind of like, what? And I said, well, I got, got something to show you if you want to see it. He said, sure. In the exact same manner of this friend who was going to a family reunion, I, I said to this friend, now go back to the the moment of the accident and then to all of these calls that you have to make to the insurance to get all this stuff figured out. I said, when you do that, I said, what's, what's the emotion that you're feeling? And he paid attention to it. And he was frustrated. He was angry. And uh, I asked him where he felt in his body. He was feeling in his stomach. He wasn't able to eat. And we did the exact same thing. We were sitting inside. I said, find a point to look at it. So I said, look at the corner of that cupboard up there. And he looked at it. I said, you're shifting your attention now. You're doing 
a really valuable thing. You're choosing where you put your attention instead of it having to be in reaction to this thing that happened. That's where it's been stuck the last few days, and that's why you haven't been able to eat. So we looked at the corner of the cupboard. And over on another wall was the antenna of a modem. I said, look at that antenna, the top of it. And he shifted his attention there, taking control of his attention. And then the chemistry of the body follows wherever we put our attention. So simple, seemingly so trivial, yet one of the most important things, I think, that we can do with our lives, take control of how we use our attention. And after he looked at those two points, I invited him now to imagine the space between them, there's a wall in back of it, but imagine the space between that has nothing in it. And he did that, and he had a feeling very similar to my friend who had been concerned about going to the family reunion this sense of calm that arises when we free our attention out to observe the space that's between things. When we become reactive to nothing instead of reacting to the upsets in our lives. So I said, that's the first two steps of this thing I call the ice method. You identified the upset you had with this car accident. Now you're in a calm space. Third letter of ice is E. So you got to do all three in order for it to work. Otherwise, the memory reconsolidates the same old way, and tomorrow you'll feel the same old way. I said, but if you'll do this exchanging of the one state, the calm state, into the upset one, you'll permanently change the way this memory stores. I said, just go back to the accident, the moment of the accident, and all these calls you have to make, all these arrangements you have to make. Go ahead and just go back to that. Be in it again. What do you feel now? It took a couple more times where he was identifying different emotions, different parts of the experience. And each time he identified something, paid attention to where he felt it in his body, he was activating that memory. And out to the calm space. And after he was in that state of calm with the stress response turned off, he shifted his attention back to the exact thing he had just identified that was upsetting. And at the end of it, he felt calm. And it was easy for him to eat again. And he was peaceful about the process that needed to take place in order to get his car repaired. I've been doing this work with many, a number of hundreds of people by now. It's a very consistent process. It's a very predictable one. Um, and I think it adds to a person's level of peacefulness in their lives. It certainly has done so for me. I use this all the time. This morning the dog ran away, wandered off, just sauntered off. I'm sure they didn't run. They're out sauntering around the hills somewhere. And either they'll come back on their own or someone will call me and say, hey, I got your dogs, Bergen and Luna, come pick them up. But that feeling of um, just like being stupid, not paying attention, getting distracted by feeding the chickens instead of putting them in the area where they couldn't get away. And the anger at myself for uh, just like doing that again. I've done this a couple other times. 
So you're just paying complete attention. Out to the calm space, back to the upset. The meaning of a wandering dog is the meaning of a wandering dog. I could spend my whole day beating myself up, or I could try to convince myself to not beat myself up, or I could just go out to this calm space. A space where nothing distracts me. A space where that sense of the infinite can arise. I wasn't looking for infinity when I started this process. For the infinite space or the awareness of the infinite. As I wrote in my book, The River of Life. But what I found was that when I put my attention in that space, it had nothing in it. When I did that over a period of many months, reconsolidating the different upsets in my life, both in the life I was currently experiencing then, the upsets from childhood, college, different things, whatever showed up, you can bring it to calm so that it's no longer a reactivity in your life. What an incredible difference it made for my life. But what I found was when I was looking at the space between, the space that had nothing in it, that space kept growing. Um, a lot of the time I was on a couch in the house we used to live in and I'd be looking out the window and I'd, there was a giant maple out in my front yard and I'd, I'd look from one branch to the next and then in between them I could look out to a mountain called the Butte out behind that. And then I could look out to the clouds behind that. And then I could imagine my looking just going all the way out to infinity, to the quantum field, to the space beyond all of this stuff. And eventually, in the writing of the River of Life, not, not too long ago, years into this process of, of calming stored reactivity, I began to be aware that we can look at life from the infinite. Instead of trying to get our awareness into it, we can look at life from that place. And when you do, you realize that your dogs that are out on the loose are part of this finite life. And no matter what happens, it's also always and forever a part of infinity. And the reactivity that I would otherwise feel about something melts away when I look at it from the side of infinity. Somebody I was talking to once, um, we were talking about how it's like, like living on the inside of a box that we're reactive to. And what we need to do is to get outside of the box and see it, and then we won't be reactive. And the only way to see the outside of the box is to be outside of the box. Putting our awareness in this place of calm, this place that has nothing in it, the way of actually taking our awareness outside of all of our stored reactivities and upset. And then the ICE method, reconsolidation, is about bringing calm back into the upsets that are on the inside of the box of our life. For my friend who's going to a family reunion, there's pieces there about his growing up about his siblings, about his politics, about his children, about uh, marriage and sexuality and LGBT issues. 
And all of those issues in the box, whenever they arise as an upset, can be reconsolidated to calm. And the box is like our life. As long as we live and breathe, we're going to have this box. But the promise of this method is that as we reconsolidate the upsets inside the box, we can expand the level of peace that we have in our life, that we sense in our life. We can have more and more of our lives in the awareness of infinity, in the awareness of the outside of the box. So I can be calm now, even though I was a dummy this morning, and let my dogs go have a wander. I don't know what will happen to the dogs, but I can be in this awareness of calm and of peace, and whatever shows up that's not that way, I can identify it, the emotion and where I feel it in my body, go out to a calm space between the tops of those two pine trees, and then bring that awareness back in the box into that situation of the dog being gone. And do this until it's calm. One of the hardest days I had on the farm here was um, we bought a thousand baby chicks this spring. And that first night, it was very cold. I'd bought them actually when it was pretty warm in January. And then we had this terribly cold February. And I was concerned that the water would freeze outside of these heated boxes that we had them. And so I slipped the water inside. And the next morning, um, chickens had jost- baby chicks had jostled each other. And uh, 72 of them died that first night. And I was not calm. Collected them, took them out, buried them in the compost pile. But I was feeling like a complete and utter failure. And uh, I took care of the chicken chores. It was a cold, icy, foggy, gloomy day. And I remember spending almost all of that day just activating memories and reconsolidating them. And there's a piece of me that doesn't want to screw up. I want to get things right. It's very important for me to get things right. Otherwise, um, that's an anxiety-causing situation from my early youth. If I didn't get it right, something bad could happen, and I would be responsible. And so this bad thing happened. It was 72 chicks dying that night, and I it was back and being a kid and being responsible and having screwed up and all that stuff. And I spent the day icing, reconsolidating. And when I came up the next morning, take care of these chickens every single day. When I came up the next morning, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I felt calm. And another 30 chickens had died. Baby chicks had died that night. But I, I was calm. And that's a typical experience when you ice something. Um, either it's like, well, of course, I've never been upset by that because it's gone. Or you go back, go back to the same situation and you're just struck by how the day before it was so intensely emotionally reactive. And then after you ice it, it's calm. And it wasn't until later in that day that I realized how <clears throat> what I felt was, was shame the day before when all those chickens died. And shame isn't about I've done something wrong. 
Shame is that I am wrong. Not I've done something bad, but I am bad. And that experience raised that up for me. And I've done a lot of work with a lot of people about shame. and I haven't ever really uh, noticed it in my life. And then there it was. I am bad. That this event had triggered that memory. And so, or that sense. So then there was more for me to ice. And the emotion of I am bad, the emotion of shame for me, because I don't think that shame is an actual emotion. Shame is, is an understanding, a self-understanding. I am bad. And it can have emotions of anger, fear, sadness, or maybe even something else around it. But for me, it was, it was fear. <clears throat> that if I am bad, I'm afraid that the family's going to fall apart. I'm going to be responsible. And so I was back to icing. And it ended up being a very tough go with those baby chicks. Um, made a lot of mistakes with them. We had a lot of cold weather, a lot of really freezing, icy, icy cold weather. It made it more challenging. And felt like I was behind the eight ball so much of the time. And, um, have a little bit under 400 chickens left that are about to start laying eggs here pretty soon that made it through. Um, but because I was able to reconsolidate the upsets around those situations, I'm able to be pretty much at peace with this flock of chickens and these new baby chicks that are going to come up and start laying pretty soon. And when things arise that aren't calm and have upsets in them, I use this method all the time. One of the other people that called me was was an older person, and uh, we she had listened to the podcast, and again we'd spoken a year or so before, and so let's just visit. And so got on the phone while I was doing my chores, and she said, "You know, getting old is not easy. I'm not having an easy experience with it." And oh, that's interesting. What, what do you mean? And she told me a lot of different things, but one of the things she said was, I, I, thought, I thought that I would be wise when I was old, and I don't feel wise. And uh, this is also a person I've done the ICE method with for some family anxieties a couple years ago. Um, some anxiety she was living with and she found it very helpful. We didn't do any ice during this phone call and we could certainly do it another time. But, but I was struck by that. I, I thought by the time that I was old, I would feel wise and I don't feel wise. And it might sound too simple, but I was reflecting on, on that comment. Um, Reflecting on the emotion of it, and like like what that's like to maybe to be in that situation and come to the end of life, or not the end, but to the to the later stages of it, and it's like I don't feel wise. And I think there's something about this space that has wisdom in it. And there's a verse in the Bible that uh, 
at least in the Lutheran Church, the, the worship almost always ends with it's a blessing. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And like this wisdom, this peace, this space, this calm, it's out beyond understanding. It's out beyond the comparing and contrasting, the compare and contrast, the duality, the this or that, the judging good, the judging bad, the, the shame or the, or the performance of life. And I think wisdom, we often think of inside of that, like, oh, this person's really good or this person's figured a lot of stuff out or, or uh, you know, not wise, this person's been foolish, whatever. But I, I wonder more and more, and my experience leads me to continue wondering, continue exploring the sense that wisdom is outside of the comparing and the contrasting, outside of the good and bad. Wisdom in the sense of a lived life is to come to the awareness of the space between. There's no judgment in that space. There's no attachment. There's no reactivity. There's nothing there that has to be done. We are just in the awareness of who we are. And we bring that awareness back to this lived experience of life where we breathe and our heart beats and we have to eat for as long as we live. And like I've mentioned before, that became a big question for me after I spent like over a year being quiet. Like, what does it mean to live a life from this space? And chicken showed up and I've been exploring that for the last couple of years. But the wisdom is not in collecting all this wasted food or you know, I mean, that, that's a wise thing, I think, but it's not like the wisdom. That's not the peace that passes all understanding. That's the blessing from the scriptures. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, right? Because collecting food scraps and feeding them to chickens and making a living out of this, that's all within the realm of understanding. If we do this, more people can be fed. All that's within the realm of understanding. And all of that happens within infinity. And that's, I guess, in essence, what I've been playing with these last couple of years with these chickens is to have chickens and be aware of infinity, be aware of source, be aware of God's space, be aware of calm, be aware of space and peace. And so making this podcast is a way for me to actually try to put language on that. And I know that the friends that I talked about or shared about in this podcast, I know you'll listen and I'll hear from you again. 
and then we can have more conversation. And um, I guess that's the thing I wanted to share. I'm sitting here looking at about, I guess it's about 850 chickens total with the young ones and the old ones, and there's 15 turkeys there in the barn. And the chance to to be here trying to put language on this experience to share it in this podcast. To put together those chickens out there that have their beaks down in the food, chomping up their breakfast, and that infinite space. You can look through those two beautiful pine trees over there and see out to infinity and know that it's all of it connected. That was what I wanted to talk to about today. That was what I wanted to share. Uh, I guess I should finish up by a couple updates. I got a new chainsaw. My friends gave me that for my early birthday present. I was up using it yesterday. It works great. I'm back in production getting the new land ready to move these chickens up. So gratitude to you for that. Um, And then I told you I was off to to a wedding um, after I... Uh, had our last visit and it was a wedding for two women ironically that was a conversation I had later with this gentleman um, about the family reunion he's going to it turned out the interesting thing about the wedding had nothing to do with this wedding being about two women but it was a much more common thing of the stress and anxiety that builds up around a wedding and the weather has been rainy and uh, it did clear off, but then it got windy and it wasn't very warm and it was kind of cold. And because of the rain and it was being outdoors, everything was crunched to the end and time schedules were all messed up. And you could just see that people weren't calm. And the night before, I had said to the family, because it was like we had another break in the rain for the practice, I said to everybody, I said, you know what? This thing is already successful because the only reason we actually gather is to stand and be in honor of these two people who are promising to give their lives to each other. And that's going to happen whether it's raining or hailing or snowing or bright, beautiful sunshine. But we tend to get mixed up, at least in the many, many weddings I've done, we tend to get so involved in all the details and how this is going to look and the flowers and where we're going to walk and the timing of the music and the food and is it going to be ready at the right time and is everybody sitting next to the right people and all those things that we end up in the state of reactivity. And I didn't give them a long podcast like we're having right here, but I tried to bring this awareness of space to that setting to speak at the speed of calm I mentioned, like I talked about, oh, I'm going to have to sneeze here in a moment. Advanced apologies. Maybe you can't. You can pull that out after I have the sneeze. Oh, it's going away. But like I talked about before, last time, that the Chelan Valley carved by glaciers, a glacier, two glaciers. We were under a thousand feet of ice or a mile of ice, whatever it was back then. This perspective of this amazing thing that we get to speak our intentions and our lives and yet 
yet we're in the midst of such incredible magnificence that a thousand or ten thousand, ten thousand or a hundred thousand years ago, we were in ice. And now we get to be here and enjoy a day where people get to make promises to each other for the rest of their lives. Incredible. And two different family members came up afterwards and said, you know, it was like the most, the most significant part of that experience for them was this, the bringing back of calm, the bringing back of this awareness of connection to everything. And that um, we don't have to, we don't have to spend our times in, in this incredible reactivity of the moment's emotions. <clears throat> so that was that. Those are the updates. Chickens are happy. I'm going to go use that chainsaw again and get more ready for when we move the chickens up the hill. I'm excited to share that with you. I wish it was like tonight or tomorrow, but still a ways off. Still some things to do. Still some, some things to do about icing and staying calm, even though the schedule is nothing like I'd hoped it was going to be. Thanks to everybody. Uh, we got a chance to listen to this. Calm, peace. May it be with your lives today. If you're interested in this ice method, uh, I invite you to look it up. You can go to the, the website, icemethod.com. The books are helpful. And uh, like the people who contacted me, I was able to be in communication with them and hopefully bring a bit more calm uh, to our lives and to our world. Blessings for the day. That beautiful verse from Scripture, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus this day and forever. Amen. All right. Thanks for uh, sharing in Chicken Space today and to be able to uh, spend our time uh, together just reflecting on peace and this method of increasing the amount of peace, the space that has peace in it in their lives, removing stored up sets um, from the, the storage, the experience of our lives. So I hope it's been useful to you. I know for me, a chance to, to, to reflect and to try to put into language these things that are important in my life. It's such a blessing uh, looking out on this land and this space and the, the chicken farmyard, being able to share it. Great gift to me. I hope it is to you as well. All right, blessings for the day. And in the words of that wonderful verse that I used to share at the end of every church service, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which passes all understanding, right? Infinity. May that peace guard our hearts and our minds. And in the language of the Christian faith, in Christ Jesus our Lord, in the language of any other tradition, in that way that connects to infinity. All right, blessings and peace. Across the ocean, it's been so long since you